Welcome to the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Lewis Aldazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, Twin Tools, try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Just give us a call. Our number is 291-6901. And the area code here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana is 225. You can reach us from anywhere inside the continental United States this morning. There you go. We sure appreciate it when you do that. It makes our show go a whole lot better. That a whole it lot does. Easier. <laughs> I guess a lot more just, interesting. Just a lazy nature you know, yeah. of us. You know, it makes it go a lot better. It's just a lot easier sure, sure. <laughs> when you get calls. And also, a lot of times what will happen is someone may be a little shy about calling in. They've got a question, and mm-hmm. your question may spur them. Exactly. And either get them to call in or answer the question. There you go. So you're doing a public service. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I like the way that was turned around. And, of course, if you don't, we'll still – Jabber yeah, on between ourselves will. like we do every single week for the last 30 years. Yep, <laughs> that we will. Give us a call, 291-6901. Very, very simple. And is nobody going to put you on the spot and just answer your question and give you some information. There you go. You're one of the few things in the world that are free. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and even that, we're using it for entertainment value. So I guess it's not totally free. Not totally, yeah. <laughs> Nothing's ever Nothing, free. That's it. Nothing's ever free. That's right. As every week, we try to have some kind of a topic or sure. something we're talking about, just to kind of keep us straight when we're talking between the callers. Right. It's kind of funny. There's a forum of auto repair shops, a management forum, and shops go on and they discuss different problems they mm-hmm. have and sometimes get good advice. Some of the younger shops may benefit from to the, the older, older shops who have more experience or some of the older shops may get new ideas from the younger shops so I, I think the idea is great. the idea is great it really yep. is now in reality like most things in the world it really turns into more of a arguing it, it match could. and you, know, yeah. you, you can say something and somebody's gonna try to flame you for what you said rather than accept it in the spirit that you're trying to right help somebody and there's a lot of that i'd kind of quit going on it just for that reason because it so, just so got much, out of hand yeah, there for a while well just people in general nowadays i find them very very combative and if you have an opinion that's different from theirs they're not going to say well let me yeah, think let me about this right. maybe i'm missing something or they're not going to say well yeah that's your opinion it's my opinion or yeah that works in your case probably wouldn't work in mine it's, it's all those things but they want to attack you sure right off the bat and anyway to make a summary of the situation this gentleman had written in and he appeared from what he was writing and the way it was written to be a younger shop owner probably a small shop maybe a one-man operation mm-hmm. and he said that a lady came in and she had told him that the air condition would not blow cold fairly common complaint right for me that's a little vague but you know people just don't always in particularly younger shop owners don't realize you have to drag more information out of people a lot of times but it goes on without writing a work order he walks out into the driveway yeah. and raises the hood looks down he sees a new alternator on the vehicle recently been installed and he sees the wire unplugged from the ac compressor okay so as most people would do he pops it back on sticks his hand inside the car and says it's blowing cold it's blowing cold now so his question was should i charge her for the time i spent and a surprising number of the shops said well i just i wouldn't bother writing to work off it i just give it to her and let her go and i got to thinking about that and i said you know is that really sound advice well there's a lot of liability there well there's a lot of all kinds of things and the very first thing that comes to my mind is why are you working on a car without writing a work order first exactly because technically and from the standpoint of your insurance company, at least, if you're working on this car and there's no work order on it, are you really working on the car? Right. There's no proof you're actually working on it. Right. And 
in my mind, the first sorts of things that start to come down is if you slam the hood on the car and the windshield shatters. Yeah. Who's responsible? Yeah, who's responsible for that? Because there's no work order on it. And she's not gonna say, "Well, you're a good old boy. You wasn't gonna charge me anyway, so I'm not. Right. I'm not worried about my windshield being busted." Yeah, <laughs> but it comes down to all sorts of logistics. If there's no work order on your car when you go in, it would be kind of like if you go to a doctor and the receptionist doesn't take any paperwork. She doesn't do anything. You just walk back and you say, "Doctor, I've got a headache. Oh, here's some aspirins. Don't worry about it. Just go." On. And you got a brain tumor, right? Well, you die the next day. Yeah, you, you die next day or a week later or whatever. It's just not the way things are done, in my opinion, in a right. business environment. Now, I do applaud the fact that he was talking about, well, it didn't take much time. So I'm okay. and, and that's a personal choice. If sure. you want to comp the person, that's there's, something you do. But there still should be a work order on that vehicle. Well, and people say, well, it builds goodwill. Well, I don't think it builds goodwill any more than repairing the car and charging for the time you spend. If it took 10 minutes, charge for 10 minutes. Sure. If it took five minutes, charge for five minutes. And the lady's getting her car fixed at a reasonable price. She's happy. She's in and out. But why is that car being looked at in the parking lot in the first place? Yeah. That, that car should be inside the shop. Well, and not only that, let's say you do this, and two weeks later, the air conditioning craters out. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, now, what was done to the car? All I know is I went in, my air conditioner wasn't working. He did something to it, and now it's yeah. all torn up. Sure. So there's no record here of what was done to the car. And, of course, if you go back and say, hey, da, 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 what car? <laughs> what do you <laughs> do now? Very easily done, yeah. Yeah, what do you do now? So it doesn't establish any credibility, any of that kind of stuff. To me, every single vehicle needs to have a work order written. Yes, it does. Before it ever enters the shop. Right. Now, going beyond that, that work order needs to include certain information. Obviously, the customer's right. name, correctly spelled, the VIN number off the car. The VIN number off the car, so you can identify this is the car. At very least, a license number. Sure. I like the VIN number because things VIN number is original to each, every vehicle. Yeah, it's unique only to this one right. vehicle. It identifies that vehicle. A description of the of complaint. The- First off, the complaint. What is it we were trying to fix? Mm-hmm. Now, this protects not only the customer, but also protects the, the shop. shop. Sure. Because if you come in and say, Lewis, I've got a rattle on the right front of my car. And I go in and I do some work. I'm going to write down the original complaint. Sure. I'm going to write down what we found to be wrong. And I'm going to write down what we did to address that itemized outline for line, place, place. Now, if you come back a week later and you say, I still got the rattle. Okay. Tell me what it's doing. Well, the left rear is now rattling. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's not the same thing. No. So that is going so to protect it, me. Right. If you would have came in and just said, I got a rattle in my car. Yeah. And it should, no competent no. shop should ever accept that. No, not at all. So it's going to protect both parties. Now, the other side of the coin is you come in with a check engine light on, okay? That should, first off, go in, you scanned it, you record the codes that were found. Correct. You record what was cause of each of these codes. Finally, you record what you did to address to each individual code. Mm-hmm. Now, let's say two days later, the light pops back on. You go back, and the guy says, oh, well, that was something else. Right. Okay, if you got no work order. Then you have no record. How do you know? Right. With a work order, you have a record of everything that was everything done. Everything was done. If you Each got the one of the same codes. code, you got written down what was causing it, you got written down the description of it. Now you can say, no, wait a minute, this is the same code, blah, 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 blah. Right. So we're very likely going to be into a situation of warranty here. But mm-hmm. you cannot establish that without a work order. Now, it'd be kind of like going to the grocery store 
and the clerk hands you a receipt and it says, says groceries. bag of groceries, $100. Right. You have okay. no idea what's in that bag. Yeah, you get home and the ham you bought, is not there. Which these days is probably $25, <laughs> is not in there. Uh-huh. Well, did you buy a ham? It just says bag of groceries, $100. Sure. So you don't want an incomplete work order ever, just fixed car this much, mm-hmm. or anything that doesn't have the details. Furthermore, you don't ever want to do business with people, in my opinion, that don't write a work order. Right. Now, we take that at AGCO a step further, and admittedly, this is not an idea unique to me. I stole this idea. But I went to a hotel one time. I don't recall exactly. It was outside the United States, but it was a pretty nice hotel. And when I walked in, I walked up to the counter, and I gave the gentleman my name, and he handed me the keys and said, you're ready to go. You're in room such and such. Mm-hmm. Can I have a bellhop bring your luggage up? And at first, I was a little surprised because normally you go in a hotel, they start filling out forms oh, yeah. and doing all this stuff, which always irritated me because they already got all this information. When I made the reservation, I gave them all the information. Sure. So it really irritates me to have to give all this information again, and I have to stand there and stand in line and all that stuff. So I thought it was a very, very nice experience. So the very next week when I got back to Agco, we started when the client makes the appointment. Sure. They're giving you all the information that you need or should be. They should, right. If you record the name, the phone number, what kind of car it is, what is the complaint, all that stuff right then and there. When the client comes in, all you have to do is take the keys and he's ready to go. Sure. He doesn't have to stand there and go through all this information again. If the guy who is the primary driver makes the appointment and has a secondary driver or maybe his kid or maybe right. his wife come in who doesn't know what's wrong with the car, it it's prevents all, there. all of that. All the information well, is already there. It stops you from getting different opinions about right. what's going on with this vehicle. If the caller tells you what's going on with the vehicle, mm-hmm. somebody else, like you said, drops it off. Right. There's no discrepancy there. Right. Well, another it, thing it does, when COVID hit and people were a little reluctant to the, be face-to-face sure. with other people, we were already ready for all that to go. Oh, yeah. we are. All you have to do is drop, drop your, your keys. keys and you don't even have to come inside. And I take some Lysol, I'll spray the keys off, hand it to the tent, and bang. If you want to pick up the car, call me. I take credit card over the phone. Right. I can put the car in your keys but, in your car, lock it on cars where it's possible to do that. Mm-hmm. You don't ever have to come in if you don't want. Right. To me, it just makes a whole lot more sense. You're kind of preempting a whole lot of issues. We're going to talk more about that and a whole lot more as soon as we get back from our first little break. If you ever plan to Mimi, your hair is so cute. Who cuts it? Oh, thanks. I got a guy for you. Here's his card. It just says Fallon. Oh, no. It's Fallon. Well, uh, Fallon doesn't have a number on his card. I know. Appointments with Fallon are referral only. But I must cut a lock of your hair. Deliver it to Fallon. He will put it under his pillow for a week, and your style and cut will come to him in a vision. Seems like old Fallon has quite a gig going. Today, everybody's got a guy. If you're looking for an automotive guy, Think Agco Automotive. No complications, just quality maintenance and repairs you can trust. And with Agco's general inspection, they complete an annual checkup to diagnose problems and schedule maintenance so you can budget for the year and keep your car in tip-top shape. So, how much does Fallon charge for a cut? That will come to him in a vision, too. Get automotive peace of mind. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. 
Hey, welcome back. It's Joyce, the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alvesan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, Twin Tools will try to answer any questions you may have. Talking a little bit today about work orders and doing work and shop procedures. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, take a quick call any question you may have. That we will. Just go ahead and give us a call. Always enjoy hearing from you. And if you don't remember, the number is 291-6901, area yes, code 225. We were talking a little bit about why you should get a work order anytime you go you have into a business. And really and truly, that's any business. Any really. business. To me, the sign of a professional, number one, is that they charge for the services. Right. And number two, they're going to give you some kind of a documentation to let you know what they've done. Mm-hmm. What was wrong? What was the original complaint? What was found? What was found to cause this and what they did to rectify the situation. All and that should be on your... I feel that every bit of that needs to be on there along with the mileage recorded. Of course. So you know when how many miles were on the car. And this comes in very handy when it comes to warranties and things right. like that. But also informing a a trail of whatever mm-hmm. if you're trying to recreate what happened to this car. And the VIN number. The VIN, VIN number the identifies VIN number, the car. It identifies the car, but it gives the shop a lot more information about that car. Well, and if the guy is not recording the VIN number, is he using the VIN number to order your parts? Correct. So is he getting the right parts? It just to me connotes a whole bevy of other things. Then we talked a little bit about how at Agco we start pre-writing work on. Mm-hmm. So this is not even a thing anymore for us because when you make the appointment, all that information is being recorded. Right. So when we, you walk in, you have the keys and go. We've got some customers who actually we've got keys for their card. Right. They they're regular customers. They come in fairly frequently with different things. They call, make the appointment. They call, let me know they're coming. The car is there when I get there. Right. We pull the folder, the keys in it. We grab the keys, tag it, and yeah, the car is done. Service many, it. I've actually got a handful of customers I've never met. Uh huh. I've talked to them on the phone. Sure. I feel they're friends of mine, but I, I, even though I've never met them, but got some that I've never seen them. Either the car's there in the morning and it's picked up after hours. I've or got they have someone drop somewhere else. Someone drop else off. drops. We've got one gentleman who is a pretty, I don't know exactly what he does with the real estate business, but he's a pretty high powered real estate guy. Uh-huh. And his time is extremely valuable to sure. him, which I appreciate that. And he appreciates the way we do it. I've never seen him. I've done a lot, a lot of business with him over the years, but again, he drops the car. We've got the key. We take it back. We call him with an estimate, tell him what's wrong, what right. we're going to do to fix it. He approves, he approves it or the not. work, right. and we fix it. Put the put lock the car out front, car out the, front, and put our he key back in our phone whenever he wants to, or sure. send somebody to pick it up, whatever he wants to do. I just find it's real convenient. It's, it's extremely convenient, convenient for the customer. And like I said, in light of the COVID and all this kind of stuff where face-to-face contact is not always the best thing, made that a whole lot simpler for us. Sure. We were able to transition right into that. There wasn't even a flaw. What wasn't even a, a, a hiccup. hiccup. So these are all ancillary benefits. But the biggest thing is convenience for the client. And sure. when your business kind of focuses on what's going to be the best thing for the client rather than what's easiest for us. For the sh- right, for the shop. I don't see but one reason to not write a work order, and that's because you're lazy. You just mm-hmm. don't want to take time to write the work on Right. And apparently what a lot of shops do is you go in, they go out to the parking lot, look at the car, see if they see anything. Then if it's something big, they'll come back and write a work on If it's not, they'll just take it and find anything or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't like doing business necessarily that way. do business that way. We've said before, there are times when a repair can be either way. And you can't necessarily do the maximum on every single job because it would inflate your prices. It's just like we say on every single show, because some's good doesn't mean, mean more is better. Exactly. You have to have some common sense in there. For instance, gentleman comes in, has a misfire, 
I yeah. scan the car. It's got a misfire on cylinder three. I look down, and the call pack is unplugged on cylinder three. Sure. Okay. Well, what is appropriate to me? Plug number three in. See, see if the, the misfire, misfire goes, away. goes away. At that point, I think what you need to do is call the customer and say, Miss Jones, we checked we found- your car. We found a misfire on cylinder number three. We noticed that the wire was unplugged from that call pack. Right. We plugged it in, and the misfire seems to be resolved. Now, we don't know for certain if this is just one problem and there's another one deeper in. In other words, the call pack may have been unplugged by somebody who was checking the car. Who knows? And really, there's a bad fuel injector, and it's intermittent, so it doesn't miss all the time. You plug that in, it's not missing, so you give the customer to keep back, and then the next day he's got the same problem again. Same So you can say... This is where we're at right now. This is what we know. And he says, you know, I changed all. I'll probably knock that off myself. Yeah, let's go with that. As long as he understands we did not do a thorough inspection of the car, it could have something else wrong. Right. But it is certainly cost effective to do it this way for this person. Sure. Now, there are other people who say, no, my wife drives this car. She's alone in the car at night sometimes. I need need you to check and make sure there is nothing else wrong with it. Sure. There is nothing wrong with that. And it, the thing here is communicating from the shop to the customer so the customer understands what is exactly going on in this instance. What he's getting for his money. Right. Because if you are willing to accept a lot of risk, you are willing to save a lot of money. Sure. I mean, basically, in everything we do in the world, the reason you pay more money for anything is because you're taking less risk. Mm-hmm. You think about it. There are stocks that you can buy for pennies. Right. There are stocks but, that cost hundreds of dollars. The difference is one represents a lot less risk, a lot more possibility that it's going to go up in price mm-hmm. than the other one. So you are paying for risk avoidance. When you buy all this insurance that everybody's got, sure. what are you really paying for? Risk avoidance. Paying for risk avoidance. Because if my car is wrecked, I don't have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Somebody else is going to pay for it. Now, you got to, again, you got to moderate this. You'll end up with all kinds of insurances that you're not it's ever going to use and all that kind of stuff. You spend more money than you're saving. So there's always that. But the thing is, everything in life, the reason you buy a quality automobile instead of maybe a cheaper automobile is because it's less risk involved. Mm-hmm. The reason you might want to purchase a new car instead it's of a used years. car, there are less risk involved. But you're going to pay more. But you're going to pay more. That's just the way the world works. Right. And the same thing, the reason you want to pick a guy to work on your, or gal, whatever the case may be, to work on your car that has a hundred five star ratings or 4.7 ratings as right. opposed to one who has no ratings or maybe half bad, half good, whatever is because that is going to represent less risk. Sure. It's just more information. Information costs money. So you're going with less risk. And that's always the case. It's the same exact thing with diagnosing a problem. Like you were mentioning earlier in the week, a gentleman calls in and he says, how much is a transmission? Right. Well, you try to explain, well, we don't know for sure you need a transmission. Well, I have another shop check it. Okay, but because Did, you had another shop check it, obviously. Didn't trust them because you, you had You don't trust them had enough. You had the car moved out. Right. So is that the problem? Maybe. But let's say we just give you a price and you say, do go it. ahead and do it. And we Put a transmission in your car, and now you got the same exact problem. So now who's... Who's wrong? Right. Who's at fault here? See, because nobody diagnosed the problem. Mm-hmm. And again, going back to our issue with the air condition, and, and the young man just plugging the cable in and giving sure. the car back, well, okay, again, as long as everybody understands there's a risk, 
But what I can think of is a number of things. Sure. Suppose someone intentionally unplugged the compressor because after you drive it for 15, 20 minutes, the compressor starts squealing and locks up. Right. And it throws the belt. Yeah. Suppose someone intentionally unplugged the compressor because it's flooding the car because the evaporator drain is plugged up. Mm Mm-hmm. And when you drive the car, now your carpet's all soaking wet. Okay, well, at very least, you did not fix the problem. Suppose that the cooling fan quit working, the head pressure goes sky high, and it tears up the compressor. And somebody unplugs it to prevent it. Or let's say the clutch releases after so many miles. Mm-hmm. Now, again, what you do is you plug the wire back on, you reach down, you feel cool air blowing out. You haven't established that you fixed no. the problem. No. You think you have. Yeah, you think maybe you have. You did see something, but you don't know you fixed the problem, at least because, without some rudimentary testing. Right, because you don't you don't know exactly what was wrong with it. That's right. All you know is, is the wire unplugged. was unplugged. And you know, was that an accident? Was that intentionally unplugged? Who knows? The customer no, may not even know. They very well may not know, particularly if they're new to the car, or let's say they're not the primary driver of the car, or let's say they've got, during the winter, this compressor started kicking on making noise so they called their son and said hey son i got noise on my car he unplugged the compressor noise, noise went, went away. away wasn't a big deal because you didn't need ac then anyway sure who knows i mean there's hundreds and hundreds of things that can and do happen mm-hmm. the point is until you have diagnosed the problem you really haven't established that you fixed anything no you need to identify the problem very first thing yeah identify the problem is this actually what's happening that's right once you've established it then you can go through figure out what's wrong Right. When you get it repaired, then you can drive the vehicle again. And say, okay, now it's no longer occurring. Right. It's no longer occurring, so we have repaired this vehicle. We've got diagnosis, confirmation, repair, and and delivery. Right. So we're going to take our second quick little break. Be right back with more in the Automotive Hour. Linda, I've been so tense lately. Can you recommend a masseuse? Oh, have I got a massage guy. Johan Thundercloud. He's Swedish Native American who uses classic deep tissue massage with natural healing methods. That sounds interesting. His deep tissue green pine cone massage is amazing. Along with the piercing eagle claw technique. Working your muscles with a rhythmic screech. When you hear that, you know it's working. I bet. It seems everybody's got a guy these days. And if you're looking for an automotive guy, check out the team at Agco Automotive. We keep it simple with high-quality maintenance and repairs you can trust. And don't forget about Agco's general inspection, an annual checkup to diagnose problems and schedule maintenance so your car will perform for the long term. One thing, though. Do you bleed easily? What? Johan will want to know. Get automotive peace of mind. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Host Lewis Aldazan with Mr. Brian Terry. We appreciate you spending your Saturday morning with us. And we were talking today a little bit about work orders and procedures and, sure. and diagnosis and guessing and, and that sort of thing. But we'll take a call any question you may have. We've got Mark online. Good morning, Mark. Hey, good morning, guys. How you yeah, doing? Doing good great, morning. Hey, I heard you talking about the way you do business, and I've always found it interesting that you guys charge for diagnosis. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's an interesting contrast with the way things over here. So I take my car to garages that have... They, they do sort of have a diagnostic culture, mm-hmm. but they don't seem to ever want to charge for diagnosis. There's shops here that do it that way as well. But, Mark, when you consider why would you want to go to somebody who only gets paid if they find if they something find, wrong? Right. <laughs> 
you know well what, yeah i mean I, i'd much prefer to take my car to you as I right think I've said yeah and just that. pay <laughs> pay a fair price for the diagnosis see diagnosis is never free they're just rolling back into the price and they're probably rolling an oh, inflated yeah. amount into the sure. price to cover their time but what bugs me diagnosis is probably the most expensive thing you do it takes the highest trained technician in the shop it takes a ton of equipment and try you know, why would that be free i don't think the average customer expects anything to be free in fact i think most people are smart enough to realize nothing is free but yeah i've seen people that'll do that they'll roll it back into the price somewhere and you yeah, know, no, nothing's I, free yeah, but, yeah i consider just what, a less honest way of doing business yeah i mean what i find frustrating sometimes is you know that if you ask them to diagnose something like the coolant leak that i told you about the other week mm-hmm. You know, they spent they spent a couple of hours looking at it, or mm-hmm. or not really looking at it. They just sort of left it running, I think, while they did other stuff. Right. And then they gave it back to me, and said, "Yeah, I can't find anything wrong." Well, and that, that's the diagnosis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, because they're not because they're not charging for the diagnosis. They're not going to spend a lot of time. They've really on it. got an incentive to be no. really good at it. No, they're not going. And again, if a shop is really good at diagnosis, he's got a valuable service. There. He's got something that a lot of places can't do. So certainly, there's going to be a charge for it. I just always felt that I would rather pay my way up front, go ahead and pay for everything I get. I don't want anything free in the world. Don't do anything for me. I won't pay you a fair price, but give me what I pay for. That's the Exactly. Thing. Yeah. Well, it's, it's someone else's time, isn't it? That's always valuable. That's right. Exactly right. Probably, probably the most valuable thing we have if you, if you look at it from that perspective. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I replaced the radiator cap, and it hasn't leaked since. So Very good. Yeah, I thought about that because you know, I've seen – in fact, I had a guy who – kind of same deal free diagnosis thing lady goes in lincoln town car it's overheating losing coolant they check everything they check they pressure test they do all this stuff couldn't find a problem so they said well it has to be the head gasket so she was ready to let them put head gaskets on the car because we can't find anything else and we don't know anything about that so that must be it well the thing is she comes in i said well let me check it and see and again pressure test it nothing but it occurred to me let's take the cap and check that because that's the only the cap is off when you're testing right you're taking that out of the system right so you can't just say because i can't find anything it must be this <laughs> again that's what a free diagnosis will get you she was ready to pay out thousand dollars thousand dollars put head yeah. gas on a car and need a radiator cap yeah well hopefully that's all it was on mine as well yeah could very so well be been fine mm-hmm. all right guys well thank you very much Hi, right, mark um uh yeah speak to you soon good thanks for calling man Bye bye. Thank you. All right, two nine one sixty nine zero one is the number. If Mark can call away from London, England, then you can call oh, from most Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Most definitely. <laughs> but you know the way that coolant pressure system is set up, mm-hmm. that is the most obvious point to open the system to do the pressure check. Right. Well, and most the only, people, the only place in many cases, in many, in some cases, mm-hmm. but that's what most people don't realize. You've taken a part out of the system there. Right. So that part is very well could be an issue. Now, there is an adapter that you can adapt that same pressure unit to the cap. Right. And check the cap also. Right. And you can also just check the cap separately. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Check cap can be checked, but you can't forget to check the cap. In other words, what a lot of people, I had a guy come in one time from another shop and we were doing some work that his shop did not do. Mm -hmm. And I went to back the car up and I put it in reverse and it wouldn't back up. So I said, you know, he said, oh, yeah, 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 that's what the guy brought it in for. We're fixing that. We're going to put a torque converter in it. Oh, well, wait a minute. And, yeah, I said, a torque converter. Says, yeah, first, it's, first, it's, it's slipping in reverse. First thing you got to know is how that unit works. Right. 
That's just the, the rudimentary. Because the torque converter is turning the same way. It's tied right. to the engine, whether it's in reverse or, or whatever. Or drive. So at very least, if you understand that, you know it's not the torque converter. Right. I don't okay. know what it is at this point, but I know it's not the torque converter. Exactly. But they're fixed to put a torque converter. I didn't argue with him. He's supposed to be a mechanic. Okay, I didn't want to. Uh-huh. We did the work that we were going to do. And, right. But it just, it just kind of, a lot of times, if a shop can't find what's wrong, it's a guess. And there's a part that they don't know anything about. Well, because they don't know what's wrong, it must be what I don't know anything about. It must be that. Right. And we see that a lot with computers. Back in the early days, I don't see it as much Man. anymore, but in the early days, they were changing computers out oh, right, left. Because sure. they had a problem. They didn't know what was wrong. Couldn't figure it out. They didn't know anything about the computer. So that so must, that must be, it. be it. So every car got a computer. Right. In fact, I remember Delco sending a bulletin out and saying, if we get computers in, back for warranty or whatever right because they go through they yeah we're go through all it. their parts done wrong check you're gonna get back charged for it sure we're not gonna just keep taking back good computers because you use this you can't diagnostic diagnose, yeah, you, you can't, can't diagnose, diagnose a vehicle problem. but yeah that's the thing you want a shop that not only will diagnose a problem but more importantly can diagnose sure. a problem. you've got to understand how these systems work right and a lot of these systems are extremely extremely complicated oh yeah and what works on 20 right. cars in a row may not work totally <laughs> different on the sure. next car sure because of a difference in the design of it that brings up a point ford come out with that little turbo on the uh 2.3 liter i mm-hmm. think it's the same the system looks exactly the same on two different cars it works two different ways that's right well i remember we had a car come in and again the guy had a misfire on one cylinder and what he did uh, the shop went in they started checking for the misfire and first thing it did as they should, they swap the plug to no cylinder, misfire still there. Sure. So the next thing they do, they check the pulse width on the injector. There's no pulse to the injector. So, so they, they ohm out the wires. There's conductivity to the computer. Mm-hmm. They check the injector itself, which it does work. They ground it. It fires. Right. So they said, I've got a signal all the way to the injector. i got good wires. It's got to be the computer not sending a signal. So they condemn the computer, which sounds like, proper diagnosis sure except that on this particular car when there is a misfire detected the computer shuts off the injection to that cylinder to keep from killing the catalytic converter right keep from flooding the system the injector was not getting a pulse from the computer because of the misfire it was not the cause of the misfire they put a computer in it problem persists Uh that's what they sent it to us well come to find out i think it was uh we checked and it was low compression on that cylinder causing the misfire which meant basically the engine, it needed an engine in this mm-hmm. particular case. They just got a computer for absolutely no reason at all. Sure. And again, it sounds reasonable. They did go through most of the steps. But again, unless you know how this system operates, because most cars don't do that. But this one, this particular when it one detects did. a misfire, it's just, which is a good feature. It Personally, is. I wish I'd see all of them would be that way. It is. Because how often do you get a car in with a misfire, you correct the misfire, you fix the problem, and two weeks later, the check engine light comes on for a bad converter. Sure. It's because it all this raw gas got pumped in the converter, it burned the converter up. Well, you remember the little Toyota Corolla mm-hmm. had a bad coil on it. That's right. It wouldn't run. Yep. It would not start. Right. Until we fixed the, the misfire on that cylinder, changed that coil. Right. And then the computer saw it and says, okay, now we can run. Yeah. Yeah. It, it saw that it was a problem and just shut it down. Sure. Shut the whole car down, not just that cylinder. But because that is an obscure happening, that doesn't happen to everyone. That means that, number one, you either have to have an Einstein working on a car mm-hmm. who was extremely familiar with, or at very least, 
the guy's going to have to go to service data, look up the description of operation for this car. Right. Sit down and read now, it. And this, under- this may be 30 pages long. Right. He's got to, he, not only does he have to sit down and read it, he has to sit down and understand it. Understand it, it in his mind. Understand how it works. And you've got to have the tooling, the equipment, a trained the, tech. The information. How much time do you spend just looking up information? A lot. So, therefore, it makes absolutely no sense that this is going to be a free service. Right. It's There's one no of the reason most to give that expensive away. things that you do in the shop. It's still time spent. Well, it's more. In many times, you may spend a lot more time diagnosing the problem than fixing the problem. Very often. You may have a power window that doesn't operate. You check the switch. It's okay. You check the motor. It's okay. Well, now somewhere in that half-mile wiring is a short. Mm-hmm. Now we got to get a wiring diagram out, and it's not like one little piece of paper. Oh, no, it's, it's maybe, like five or six pages. you yeah, gotta, you got to tape them all together, sit here and trace what things affect this, go in and start all, right. all this out. You may spend four or five hours finding a problem and that's a broken wire. It takes 15 minutes to fix it. Yeah, you can fix it in 15 minutes. But the thing is, diagnosis is very expensive, but it's expensive because it saves exactly. doing a lot of other stuff that didn't need to be done and not fixing the problem exactly so the one reason you diagnose a problem is because it is less expensive than not doing it than throwing parts at it well let's say with the guy with the torque converter we're just talking about Mm -hmm. you throw a torque converter in the car well now it's still doing the same exact thing right what what do you do now well now who paid for that torque converter who paid for who paid for labor to pull it in and put it out you know the customer did or the guy who comes in with a transmission problem i need a transmission well what the problem really was the alternator was bad it wasn't charging us so the went into limp mode went to limp mode and it locked up and wouldn't go in gear sure you put a transmission and it still does the same exact thing find who, out you got, yeah who's at fault now right <laughs> who's, who, who's call paying us? for an alternator yeah that's right i mean uh, transmission transmission hey third little final break and we'll be right back with more TJ, I've been looking to tone up, man. You have a personal trainer, right? Yes, I've got the guy, Mr. Miyago. <laughs> He's going to teach me how to wax on, wax off. Mr. Miyago's no joke. Oh, sorry. He begins by filling your shorts with wet sand to provide weight resistance and enhance focus. Then launches into a series of drills like crouching tiger, hidden badger, fire monkey, flogging duck, and highly agitated dragon. Sounds kind of extreme. Yeah, bruh. Extreme results. Everybody's got a guy these days. And if you're looking for the right automotive guy, it's Agco Automotive. We make it easy. Quality repairs and a staff you can trust. And with Agco's general inspection, you get an annual checkup to diagnose problems that could cost you down the road. You will need to sign a waiver stating you are not allergic to pig intestines and live geese. I think I'm just going to hit the gym, TJ, but thanks. Get automotive peace of mind. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back to the final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, president of Agco Automotive. Got our general manager, Mr. Brian Terry, right here in the co-pilot seat. And when I say general manager, you are also a master tech and shop foreman. Yes, sir. <laughs> and I just want to give you give you full credibility there. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, this is two management guys talking. No, yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, I'm I, in that shop every day. I worked in the shop for probably 45 years, and yeah, you've been there well, 35 probably. You know, we, we sat down the other day, and I got to thinking, mm-hmm. we built that shop in 1992 correct we moved in in november of 92 right i started working at agco in january of 92 there you go so six months i will have been there 30 years there you go so, so and yeah got the scars <laughs> on your fingers to prove it oh most definitely <laughs> and everywhere else that's right and you know we're very fortunate at agco because all of our 
people have been with us a long, long time. I think our last hire was 11 years ago. 11, 14. I think we, we 12 thought, years. Yeah, that's, something like that's that. That's the newest, newest guy we got there. Right. Jeff's been there off and on. Uh, he had sure. left for a while, came back. I guess he's probably got 20 years, 25 oh, years in. Same, at least. Same thing with Josh. Uh, right. Josh's been there a long, long, long time. So just talk about the way things are done and all that. And we do some things different than a we lot do, of shops we do. We do a lot of things different than yeah, a lot of shops Yeah, do. we do. We do. And it you works. Know, the reason being, when I decided I wanted to start an automotive shop i really i looked around and i wasn't real pleased with what i saw uh-huh. in the industry so i said i don't want to replicate any of what i see i'm going to look at it from a perspective of engineering a solution to a problem correct so therefore i came up with methods and stuff that at that time was 40, ob- 1974 ob- yeah, obscure some of these were very very hard sales because nobody was doing things that mm-hmm. way and i remember i had a, a guy who was an insurance adjuster for one of the major insurance companies. And at that time, we were doing a lot of frame and suspension right. work. And what people would do is the car was wrecked. They would go in. They would take off the bent parts, put on the new parts, paint the car. They'd sure. go put the bumper on. If the bumper didn't fit, then it needed some frame work. So they'd put it on the frame machine, pull the frame around till the, the bumper fit. fit, and then let it go. And that's where the old term, once it's wrecked, it's never the same again. That's, that's where that came that's from. That's where that came from, right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm saying, no, wait a minute. This is all wrong. What we should do is go in and measure the frame. Well, let's diagnose it first. Diagnose the problem before we touch sure. the car. Sure. And, of course, because this involves a lot of expensive equipment and trained people, there's going to be a charge for that. Man, this guy, oh. he used to boycott my shop. Uh-huh. He would pull cars. And later on, later on, we became good friends. Right. I got him out of a couple of binds on cars where people fixed to sue him because it had been sure. repaired. Then he started referring work to us. How about that, huh? And he's a good friend of mine now. And yeah. we, we laugh about it. He says, man, I, I've steered so much work away from you. Cause I, he says, and now I see the light. Mm-hmm. He says, you were right all along. I said, well, thank you. I appreciate you saying that. You know? <laughs> but again, just because something's different doesn't make it right, doesn't make it better. But many times there is a reason to do it's things a way. different way. Right. One of the things that, again, going back a number of years, People used to have menu boards a lot, and mm-hmm. that's a big board on the wall. And you come in. in and say, I need a front end alignment, or I need my tires balanced, or I need a brake job, or I need a tune up. And you would go and do that stuff. Sometimes it fixed problems, sometimes, sometimes it, it didn't did. fix problems. And then there was generally an argument or a fight back and forth right. about who's rival and all that kind of stuff. Customer usually ended up ticked off. Mm-hmm. And that's why you had so many complaints in the automotive business. Well, when I looked at that, I said, no, 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 that's not what you're doing is you are allowing or more to the point, forcing the, the customer, customer to make the diagnosis and, and you're just doing what hands. he says. Yeah. yeah. You're a pair of hands. You're just doing what you're told. Wouldn't it make more sense to get the complaint, diagnose the problem, and then you can talk to the customer intelligently. In other words, customer says, I need a tune up. Okay, great. First, the first question out of the shop owner's mouth is, why do you think you need a tune-up? Well, in those days, it was X number of dollars. It was a fixed cost, and you come back in two hours, car's ready. Well, they do the tune-up. It still had the same problem. Well, now they got a problem. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they got a call. Well, look, it's not going to be ready till day after tomorrow because da-da-da. So, number one, it wasn't delivered on time. Right. Very seldom did the car get delivered on time, which is one of the primary complaints of customers. Number two, a lot of times it didn't fix the problem. Customer came in and said, I want my tires balanced. You balance tires. He comes back two days later, this thing still pulls to the right. Mm-hmm. Well, well, you didn't say the thing about pulling right. You said you want tires balanced. Well, I thought that was going to fix it. So now you didn't fix the car right the first time. So you got two big problems. You didn't deliver on time. You didn't get the car fixed right the first time. Number three, the guy comes in and says, I need an alternator. You put the alternator on the car. 
Come to find out, the computer's not sending a signal to the alternator. You don't find that out until after you put the alternator on. So now you got a computer and an alternator. You didn't do it for the price you told them you were going to do it. Right. Now, what are, ironically, the three biggest complaints? Car wasn't fixed right the first time. Car wasn't ready when he said it was going to be ready. Car wasn't ready for the price he told me it was going to be. Mm-hmm. By a huge, huge measure, that's the three biggest complaints in the automotive business. Being driven by the by way then. things are being done in the industry. Mm-hmm. Rather, what you do is you get the complaint. Tell me what it's doing that you don't want it to do, or tell me what it's not doing that you do want it to do. Right. Even more ideal, demonstrate to me what it's doing so I'll know exactly what I'm looking for. Right. That means take the time to take the tech out that's going to work on your vehicle and show him this is the noise I'm looking for. That's right. For. That's noise I'm Because I can't tell you how many times I've gotten into a vehicle and driven it down the road and there's 15 noises that's in right. it. That's right. And the customer says, well, I want the one in the back fixed. Well, well, there's five in the back. Which one are we going after? Yeah, some of the noises have always been there. Since was, he accepts them as normal. It never got worse. He's not right. worried about that. Right. But you, this as a technician, one, you hear all, every one of his noises. Exactly. So now, where do we go from here? Yeah, do you want to spend an inordinate amount of money fixing every rattle on your car? Or do you want to show me which one it is? But what that does, you document the proper complaint, mm-hmm. sign it to the proper guy, because not everybody's great at every kind of work. If right. I've got a noise complaint, it's going to one guy. If I've got an engine complaint, it's going to another guy. If I've got a check engine lights, going to another guy. If I've got transmission pops, going to another guy. Get the right guy working on the car with the proper complaint. Check the car thoroughly for all the little things that you're going to run across. Make sure, sure none of that's going to happen. Now, what you can do is you can deliver the car at the price you quoted. Fix right the first time. When you said it was going to be and delivered. And when, when it was supposed to be delivered. Mm-hmm. All three of these things just immediately disappear when you do the preliminary groundwork up front. Right. But again, so that's why at Agco, that was our initial thing was fix right the first time, delivered on time, at the price quoted. And I realized pretty quick on that the only way to do that is to diagnose the car before you start quoting prices. Sure. Because... You don't know what's wrong with it. Well, many, how many, can you many times a price on something you people don't know what's come wrong in with? and how much is a brake job? Well, what's a brake job? Is yeah. that like pads? Or is that pads and rotors? Pads or is and that rotors? pads and rotors calipers? Pads, is, do you want me to check how the, much? the back end? Do you want me to check the front end? Do you want right. me to check pressures on the system? I really, do you want me to check for leaks? I really dislike that phrase, brake job. It's an obsolete phrase. It never really had any meaning, and it's got way less meaning now, same mm-hmm. as the tune-up, same as all the other generic terms that developed it, over the years. Right. But what gets me is that people continue to have the same problems because it's like the old joke everybody's heard. Insanity is doing the same thing, expecting to get a different result. Exactly. If you keep doing things the same way you're doing them, you're going to get the same, same outcomes. Result. Maybe not every single time, but enough times that it's going to always be a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, If you've got a shop with radios blaring in the background and, and you're jerking the guy off of this job, putting him on this job, check somebody who pulled up and he's going out in the parking lot and look at all these kinds of things – Sooner or later, somebody's going to go out of, that, out of there and the wheels going to fall off the car. Now, right. what does that have to do with it? Number one, when you are putting the wheels on a car, you have to have concentration of what you're doing. You sure. have to do one wheel, move the next wheel, move the next wheel, move the next wheel, then talk, come- park them all down. That way you know what you're doing. If I am interrupting you in the middle of this, if there's a lot of distractions, not every time because some people are capable of doing more than one right. thing at a time. can remember things. But and- most of the time, most people sooner or later are going to have a problem sure if you want to eliminate that problem you can't look at it as an isolated incident it is a common cause problem caused by all the confusion and the way you're jerking people around the shop if you want to solve that problem you got to work on the common causes that contribute to it right you got to take care of that in the office right that's right the office that is a management issue that is not a technician issue and what you can do you can look at any shop Look at the number of cars that go out with loose lug nuts. And I'm saying lug nuts. It could be any could part be of the car. Right. And it is pretty consistent across every shop in every country. It happens 
irregularly, sure. but every so often it happens irregularly to every tech in that shop. Sure. Now that tells me it's not one guy who's careless. No. Although many owners, what they want to do is reward, they want to, well, they reward want to the guys it. who don't have as many instances. It's like a lottery or punish the guys who are doing it mm-hmm. rather than fix the problem. Right. And the problem was you got a, you got an office chaos. personnel that, yeah. They well, you can't. got chaos in the shop and nobody can concentrate under those conditions. Some people are capable of doing it better than others. Sure. So it may happen to one guy more times than other, but you know what? It ain't his fault. It's the fact that you need to fix the problem. You know, if I buy the cheapest parts I can find, white box junk, I'm going to have a lot of comebacks on the problem is not fixed. Right. Now, is that the guy who put the part on his fault? No. I can, it can happen to everybody in the shop on regular instances, but I got to have a management decision that we're going to buy quality parts. We're going to inspect the parts before we put them on the car. Now you can solve that problem. Exactly. But they just, for some reason, it just doesn't seem to go cheap, that way. No. But when you see somebody who's doing things different, you might want to at least listen to them and find out, is this find better? Out why. Yeah, is this better? Yeah, it very well may be better. Now, I see we're just out of time. We're going to go ahead and get on out of here. I'd like to thank our podcasters for listening this week and every week. Tell your friends, go to your favorite broadcast or rebroadcast service. Find a written review and fill it out for us, please. There you go. We sure appreciate it when you fill out those written reviews. It moves us up in the rankings because the shows who have most reviews get Moved up to the top. top. When people type in a generic term, like say just auto repair, we're more likely to come up close to the top. Of course, the podcasts that come uh-huh. close to the top is the ones that get clicked on. The more times you get clicked on, the more the popular higher, you are. Right. They keep you on there. there you hey, go. preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.